Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, welcome back. I'm so excited that you decided to take another listen. If you're a new listener, welcome to you as well. I'm so thrilled that you decided to take a chance on this podcast. And for all my new listeners, the way that this podcast usually works is that I read a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago, and I reflect on what I was going through then and what I know now as a certified life coach. But today we're in for a treat because we have a special guest with us. Her name is Lori Oberbrook. Right practice. Did I get your last name right again? You got it. (laughs) Okay, good. Yay. And she is quite the woman, and she is a woman who wears many hats, and um, so I'm excited that she's going to be joining us today. So she is a mom, and that's a, a huge hat right there, but she also has many other important hats too. So she's an author. She wrote a book called The Secrets of Supermom, How Extraordinary Moms Succeed and at work and at home and at home and how you can too. She's also a photographer and a blogger. And she also works full-time on top of it all as a clinical researcher. So where she finds the time to do all these things, I'm really not quite sure. And she's going to tell us more about that in just a few minutes. So um, how did you come to start your blog or write a book? Tell us a little bit about how you got started on your journey, Lori. Yeah. So I had always thought it would be fun to write a book. I, you know, since I was little, I loved reading. I always thought it would be fun. And I had told people in college that if I am published by the time I get married, I'm never changing my name. But if I am not published, then maybe I'll take my husband's name because it, you know, I won't have to, I won't have to rely back on my published work. So I wasn't published and I took my husband's name, hence Oberbreckling. Um, and so in, you know, pandemic starts and moms are struggling and, and I've told this story before I know, but I, families, I feel like struggled right mm-hmm. in general, and, but I feel like moms were struggling the most. I know there were dads that were staying at home and struggling, but moms just really seemed to be drowning. And I not, I didn't not feel like I was drowning. There were certainly moments, you know, with homeschooling and working full time and, and deciding to write this book on top of it, plus all of the other, just everything else that we do as a family, it was a struggle, but I thought, you know what? I bet I could help here. I, I want to do something where I can help and I can help moms and I can make a little bit of a difference here. And so I surveyed and interviewed almost 200 moms. Wow. And I said to them, you know, in this survey, what are you doing that's working? What are you doing that's not working? What are you really struggling with? Where do you feel like things are actually going pretty well? You know, where have you sort of been relying on something, you know, whether it be your calendar or, you know, some sort of self-care or something else that's really helping you. And I took all that to get, yeah, tons of coffee, (laughs) three pots of coffee a day. And I am, and I'm a superwoman. Um, So we, I took all that together and I said, okay, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to call it secrets of super mom. And I am going to share these secrets with other moms. So that's where the book started and it came out to, so we have 16 chapters, which is 16 secrets that we share in the book. 
And it's my experiences, other moms' experiences, and just kind of pulling all these things together and saying, here are some things that help moms that are juggling a lot of balls and able to keep many of them in the air. This is, these are some of the things that they're doing. Uh, and the, and kind of, these are some of the things that they're not doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it has really been a fun adventure and, you know, obviously deciding to write it during the pandemic, writing it while homeschooling, while working full-time, it was a little bit of a challenge, but it was, it's been really, really cool. I've met the most amazing moms through this journey and I continue to have that happen every day. And so I'm just so thankful that I, you know, took the jump and just said, okay, I'm going to take this leap and do it and see if I can do it. Yes. I love that. And not only did you write your book, but now you are continuing your book on, on some level as a podcast. Yes, it's true. So I wrote the book, I released it in February. And then as I, as I thought about how can I continue to share this? I have always listened to podcasts. I mean, for a long time, I've listened to podcasts and I thought, I bet I could create a podcast out of this. And so that's what I did. And actually the very beginning, the first 17 episodes are the intro. And then every chapter, kind of a little bit of a deep dive about every chapter. And then now we're interviewing all sorts of super moms that are doing amazing things. And so every week I get to have another conversation with someone who is just, um, uh, unbelievable, you know, the, these extraordinary moms. So they have, they come from all walks of life. They're doing all sorts of different things, but really just pretty amazing. So yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. And I've been listening and I'm loving it. So I was just listening to the episode today about, um, helping with resilience. Yes. Which is so important, especially now with the pandemic. Resilience. And on some level, I mean, you practice resilience every single day because one thing that I didn't mention is that really prior to the pandemic is that your husband traveled every week for work. So you're working full time and you have four kids and your husband is at home. So I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that because my husband before the pandemic had a crazy work schedule, not traveling every week, but unpredictable. Some days he'd leave in the house in the morning and be like, oh yeah, it'll be a regular day. I'll be home by six six o'clock will come and go and he would not no sign. And then eight 30, I'd get the phone call. I'd be like, Oh, I'm stuck at work till 10 o'clock. We just got a filing or a case just popped up. Not sure when I'll be home. And then sometimes actually he would work overnight with big cases and like sleep on a cot in his office. Yeah. So, um, and that's with two kids. I can't (laughs) imagine with four and having a husband who's gone a lot of time each and every week. So, uh, that's like by far the definition of super mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we, you know, uh, it's been easier. It was easier because, or for a couple of reasons. One, I think was because he and I were both traveling before we ever had children. So I knew what that life was like. And I also never knew parenthood with him being here. This, you know, pandemic is, well, just pre, pre-pandemic, just a little bit before, but that's really been the first experience of us being parents together all the time. And so this is kind of a new experience versus that, where it was just kind of uh, everything that I learned to do, I already learned to do without him. And then it was, you know, a bonus when he was home on the weekends. And so yeah. I think that was one benefit. It wasn't like, you know, I had four children and then all of a sudden he started traveling, which I think would have been a lot harder Um, 
And then I, so Kim, you have to tell me if you agree with this, but sometimes you get so, you finally get something working so right. And you're like on this schedule and the kids know what to do and you know what's happening. And then all of a sudden he comes home and you're like, stop throwing a wrench in my plans. (laughs) Yes. I was just going to say, how's it been adjusting to having him home with the pandemic? Yes, because you're like, wait a second, you nine, I have this 99.9% of the time. Yes, I had this perfect plan. Everything was running yes. well. And then he's like, You want to go out to dinner? You want to do this? You want to you're like, no, we are we've got our plan already, you know, scheduled and everyone's on this routine. And now we throw a wrench in it. So yes. um, you know, I think anything that changes, we can we can come to get used to things being pretty tough. But anytime something changes, that's when it really gets hard. That's why the pandemic was so hard because it was this giant change that we all experienced and no one knew what to do because no one had a plan for that. And so any, I think that happens when we change jobs, that happens when we have a new baby, that happens Mm -hmm. when, you know, we lose a family member. It happens when, you know, there are so many times that those things happen and, um, and, and we have to say, okay, this is new now. What do I do? Right. What do I, how do I make this get this back to how I had it before, which is, I know what's to to expect. I know what I'm doing. I feel confident all of those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what is, I'll say the, the secret that you found to be the most common secret that moms were sharing when you were interviewing moms for their book. And like a second part of that question, was it the secret that you resonated with the most as well? Ooh, I think, um, one of the most, so one of the most common things was just planning. So Mm -hmm. moms that were struggling, weren't planning and moms that were struggling least, I wouldn't say there was anyone not struggling, but anyone that was struggling least was doing some level of planning, whether carrying a planner in their purse or sharing a Google calendar with their husband, or, you know, writing down just stuff on a calendar on the wall, they were using something, some sort of tool to, um, to keep their, their schedule. And that is something I definitely resonate with. I have, I have a process that is a little bit, you know, it's a little much actually, but it's, it really works for me. And it means that I know exactly what I'm doing. I know when something is going to happen. I never, we're never late for appointments. We always, you know, are on time. We always make sure that the kids have everything that they're supposed to be doing scheduled. And so I think without that, if I was trying to remember a lot of things in my head and just hope that they didn't get missed, there's just no way I would never make it happen. Yes, I can. The planning piece is definitely one for me as in my old house, we had this beautiful chalkboard wall and I had my, my dry erase calendar there and the girls, both of my kids had a basket and it was like this perfectly organized thing. And now that we're transitioning to the new house, we don't actually have a lot of wall space. So I don't have that color coded calendar hanging up anymore. And I'm now clinging to this little itty bitty paper calendar. And every day I'm like, you know, ask my husband, is there anything else that needs to be added to the calendar for your schedule so that I can make sure that I have the girls in my schedule covered. And so it's just this little, so I'm like, like, I need my calendar. I need my dry erase calendar hanging back up on a wall. (laughs) You had like your mission control and now your mission control is gone and you have no place to, and it, it is hard. It's hard to switch to something small or something that's just different from what you were used to doing. And you, you, I feel like, you know, our, the very first chapter is actually about habits and it's not about like 
good eating habits. It's not that kind of habit. It's about things that you do consistently that make life easier. So I'm willing to bet that in your mind, as soon as a new thing came, so daughter has a, I don't know, a dance recital that goes on the calendar. You had a process for doing it. You automatically did it. You were in the habit. And so things never got missed. And now that that habit has to change and shift, it's a challenge because you are thinking, what am I going to miss? What didn't I write down? What did I do? Yes. Yes. Oh, I totally get it. But habits are super important too, because, um, that helps also. So you don't forget things. So the two simple habits that we do is my girls pick out their, my girls go to private school. So they wear uniforms, but we pick out our uniform the night before we go to bed, we get, I mean, down to socks, undies, all of that picked out on the dresser, ready to go for the next morning. So they just roll out of bed, peel off the jams and put on the uniform. But then I also make their lunches the night before too. So that way I'm not a morning person. So if I have to add on getting myself up and dressed and getting them up and dressed and making lunches, we're going to be late for school. So I always make lunches the night before. And those two things so helpful because then it's less that I have to take on in the morning when it's already crazy trying to get out of the house on time as it is. Yes. We had a mom. So I did a beta group of, um, of a new program that I have that's releasing in January. And one of the moms that had joined wasn't really doing a nighttime routine. Like what you're explaining to me is what I would call a nighttime routine. Right. And so she started doing Mm -hmm. exactly what you said, which was having the girls and her children and her even lay out their clothes and make lunches. And she said in one of our, um, one of our Q and A's that we sat down, she said, our morning is so calm. And I was like, hallelujah, that's what we're looking for. Right. No one says their morning is calm and you made such a change. You did so much work the night before that you described your morning as calm. And I mean, I just couldn't have asked for anything more. I thought that was so great. Yes. I love it. A friend of mine, um, she is a teacher. And so pre-pandemic and now that schools are back in session she has to leave earlier and her husband is the one to get the kids up and ready for school so she's even more organized and she went and got a five plastic drawer set from walmart one for each kid and she puts a monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday outfit in each drawer and so the kids know like monday drawer and now that her daughter is older the daughter does it you know sets the drawers up for her and the younger siblings so she doesn't have to do it anymore but pops those clothes in the drawer. And then that way for the whole week, their clothes are set and ready to go. And it's one less thing that they have to worry about. It's just, I think so miraculous, even when we take just a couple of small things off our plate, right? Cause it doesn't take that long to pick clothes and it doesn't take that long to make lunches, but all those things together and all those things we have to remember start to become overwhelming. So when we can take those and put them in a non-rush time, like the night before, it just makes such a huge difference. And, and I kind of, I feel like it kind of blows your mind in the morning when you're like, oh, okay, we did this. This was so easy. And yes. and it's just, you know, it feels so good. Yes. Even when it's like, everyone's ready and we have five minutes to spare. Woo. Like yes. look at us. we did this and we have five extra minutes. Yep. But I think to these things, you know, it's, they're simple, but sometimes it can be hard to get started, especially if you don't consider yourself to be an organized person or a person who's good at planning ahead, which was me totally when I was struggling to adapt to stay at home mom life, which is interesting because being a, I was a full-time teacher. I taught kindergarten. I had 25 kiddos in my class with no teaching assistant. And I, you know, prepped and planned my lessons all day. And then my house wasn't always together. You know, it was like, we lived out of a laundry basket with clean 
clothes. The house didn't get cleaned as often, but for somehow it just, I think because we were in autopilot and it, the life was just routine and scheduled. Then when it was like, okay, I wasn't teaching anymore and I went to stay at home mom life, I felt like a hot mess express. And I just didn't at that point see myself as this planned person, this organized person. And I was struggling. Plus two, I think then it was like, I felt like I had to do it all. Um, more so than I was working. So was that something that you also heard from moms, um, working moms feeling like they had to do it all to make up for the fact that they were working moms or stay at home moms feeling like they had to do it all to make up for the fact that they weren't working outside of the home to bring in extra income? Yeah, I think, um, so one of our key secrets in the book, one of the very first, um, in the very first, um, part is asking for help because yes. a lot of moms. So there wasn't really, um, now I don't have full, I don't have full stats on it, but there wasn't a difference really in moms not wanting to ask for help. Moms stay at home. Moms didn't want to ask for help. They <laughs> felt like they shouldn't ask for help. Working moms also felt like they shouldn't ask for help. It was just, everyone felt like they should be doing things on their own. And that was, you know, that was help from friends and family, help from their partner, help from their kids. Even, you know, when you have older kids, there are lots of things that they can do. Your spouse can do a lot of things or partner your, you know, you have neighbors that you can trade with friends that you can trade with family that you can trade with, even if you don't feel good about just asking, right. Asking without reciprocating trade. And then you feel, you know, and then it feels like, okay, we're, we're doing something that we're working together. And so many moms just are are afraid to do it, feel like it says something about them, right? Feels like it, well, if I can't do it all, then that says that I'm not a good mom or I'm not good at being a super mom or I'm not a good employee or I am not a caring spouse or I, you know, I'm not so many things. And when really all of it, all it says is I'm a normal human, just like any other mom. And (laughs) I am just afraid to ask for help. So I think when moms got past that, there were some moms that said, oh no, I definitely ask for help. And it seemed like they felt more balanced in a lot of things Mm -hmm. than some of the other moms that were afraid to ask for help, because it's really hard to stay balanced. If it's, if you feel like you're the only one juggling the balls, you're the only one spinning the plates. So it, uh, it's, that's why it's one of the key secrets because it's so important. Yeah, I love it. And and that was a struggle for me too, I think, because it was a struggle for me, I'll say to ask for help on some, some level when I was in daycare. I, I don't know. It's like this weird mind, you know what, um, a mind F that <laughs> it's like, who says we can't ask for help and why shouldn't we? Because Um, like I know my husband has no problem asking me for help with, you know, like, Hey, I know that on this day I have to go into the office. So I need you to get the kids to school that day, or I need you to go. I know I won't be able to leave in time to go pick up this prescription or the dry cleaning or whatever the case is. So I need, I need your help doing those things. But then it was like, for me to ask that on some level, once I became a stay at home mom, it was even that much harder because I felt guilty. Like, Oh, I'm home. I should be the one, you know, I'm not bringing in the income that I used to bring in. So I should be able to handle the kids, the animals, the errands, the cleaning of the house. I should be able to do all those things without asking for help when it's like, no one ever has that expectation of us. It's just something that we convince ourselves. That's the expectation. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think if you, so one of the, um, one of the activities that we, that I recommend in the book is time tracking to actually Mm -hmm. like take 24 hours or 48 hours and track your time. And I bet that all the things that you do, you know, and if you like, look at the difference, you're like, wait a second, this takes me 80 hours a week to do all of these things. How in the world did I think that I could do them all consistently and well every single week. I can't, I would be exhausted, right? Yeah. You just, there are things that we have to take and either ask for help or take things and say, you know what? This isn't that important this week or this isn't that important at all. And right now for the next year, this is coming off my plate. Sometimes, you know, people will say, okay, I, I used to do all of these extra things and I'm just gonna let go of it entirely. I'm gonna just take it off my plate. And then in a year, in six months, in whenever, I might relook at that and say, ah, okay, is it time? Am I to a spot where I can do this? You know, maybe I have a baby and my baby's older and a little bit more self-sufficient and can sit and play for a little bit. And maybe I add some things back, but sometimes we just have to look at our life and say, is this really a priority right now? And, you know, is having a perfect spotless house every second of the day, my priority right now? Maybe not, you know? No. And so, and that was one thing I had to let go because it was like, I, the pendulum swung in the complete opposite direction. So it was like, when I was working full-time teaching kindergarten, my house was not the neatest, cleanest house. And then it was like, oh, well now I'm not doing that. So I'm not working full-time outside the house. So now my house has to be spotless. And I can remember like with the playroom, it was like, if I sort these toys one more time and they are not put back in these bins, the way that I sorted them. I, one time I said to my husband, if you do not put the toys back in the bin correctly, I'm going to break your fingers. <laughs> and he looked at me he was like, what did you just say? I was like, I'm not kidding. Like I've had it with organizing these toy bins. I'm like, you and the kids are the worst. So then I got to the point, I was like, you know what? If no one else cares enough about keeping the toy bins organized, why am I killing myself to keep the toy bins organized? So then I was like, no, we'll just shut the door. (laughs) Whatever. It doesn't matter if all the Barbie shoes are in the one container and the Barbie brushes are in the other container and the Barbie shirts are in the other container. It doesn't matter. So then I just got wise and I got one big box for all the Barbie stuff. Boom. In the box. And that made life is so much easier. It does. Sometimes we like... Well, and I feel like, you know, with you, for example, you felt like you weren't organized, right? You felt like, okay, now I have kids and I'm home and I'm so unorganized that now you did a pendulum swing. You went back to the side and said, now I need to be uber organized. I need to have everything be perfect. And it's just too much. It's too much for many of us. And when it is really important, you know, maybe that is just a really important thing for you. There are probably other things that you have to let go of if that's something, right? You can't do all the things. And so just being able to say what is enough without being, you know, I'm not saying let your house get filthy, of course, but what's enough? What is, you know, if it's toys and they're just, it's just a mess and you can close that door and be calm, then just let it be. Yes. And so then I had to, the other thing I had to do is I had to start asking myself, you know, who am I doing this for? Am I doing this for me? Because it brings me a sense of calm or peace or joy to have all the Barbie things organized just so, or, you know, all of the clothes folded Marie Kondo style, which Marie Kondo wasn't even a thing then. Um, But, you know, like making sure that the house was a certain way And I realized like, oh my gosh, no, it's not for me at all. Cause I could really care less if the Barbies are organized or the clothes are folded just so as long as it's in a drawer and it's works, like it's good. 
um, I realized that it was like, I, I was making up for the fact that I felt like, because I wasn't working outside of the home anymore, I had to compensate and make up for, for that. And so I was doing these crazy things myself, mm. um, and really, really running myself ragged and taking the joy out of everything because I was yeah. so hyper-focused on what I wasn't bringing or contributing any longer that I had been in the past, not seeing that the contribution was a different contribution. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you. Um, and I imagine probably trying to fill your time with all of these things that were not, not even necessary. And then not yeah. getting, you know, like not doing the things that you, I assume probably wanted to stay at home for, which was spending extra time with your kiddos yes. and being able to, you know, being able to take them to school and drive them to whatever activities they might be doing and have the flexibility to do that. Right. Because yes. there are things that like, there are giant benefits of being a stay at home mom. And one of them is not usually being able to organize the toy bins to perfection. <laughs> That's not one of the benefits. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, so sometimes that we tell ourselves um, to create that sense of feeling like we are a super mom because we are, whether we're working time or it's my internet um, connection is a little unstable. So um, it's, you know, regardless of whether you're a working full-time mom or a part-time mom or a stay-at-home mom whatever it is, we all are super moms because we're all managing, um, life the best that we can and doing the best that we can with the circumstances that we have. So I started to just, you know, use this checklist, like with well check, like when I take my kids to the further well check, is the doctor saying that they're growing and developing? Yes. Okay. Then I'm doing something right. And I can let go of some of the stress and this need for perfection and, you know, running myself ragged for all the things that don't really matter, like organizing toy bins or, um, making sure that they're wearing the same socks or that their outfit is, you know, picking their outfit out for them when, um, that would always result in an argument because my daughter, when she was little, she would wanted to pick her own clothes. And I had to let go of the fact that they didn't always match. Um, but in her mind, she looked amazing. And so I just had to be like, well, that's what she wants to wear. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> yes. You have to let it go. Some of those battles yeah. we have to choose, right? Because otherwise it's just exhausting. It's all to, to try to be perfect in everything is exhausting. And yeah. it just, it burns us out. Even if we, you know, even if we don't have, if we look at our schedule and we don't think that we should be burnt out when we start to add in all those things and try to be perfect at everything, we do get completely burnt out and it's exhausting. Yeah, it is for sure. So um, what is, I'll say one tip or one takeaway um, for moms who are feeling like they're hitting that wall and they're starting to hit that exhaustion point to, to shift it, to get out of that place of being exhausted and getting back to a place of feeling um, maybe not rested and rejuvenated, but just not exhausted. Yeah. My, so one of my favorite tips from the book is to make a happiness list. And mm -hmm. it is actually you just sitting down for 15 or 20 minutes and writing down things that make you happy. And I say in the book, don't write down things you think should make you happy. Like, you know, like if your best friend's a runner and then, and she's just like, oh, I just go run five miles and it feels so great. And you're like, you know, you hate running by the time you get to the next street, like don't put running on your happiness list, but <laughs> Things that really just right, or even just getting to the flight of stairs. Yes, yes. If you can't leave the house with and running with and feel you know you feel terrible, do not do that. 
but things that really make you happy. So like one of the things that I love, it would, it, it's so easy is singing super loud in the car. Like I love to be able to turn uh-huh. the radio really loud and sing super loud. That just makes me so happy. And so things that are easy like that, singing loud in the car, things that are maybe a little bit more, you know, maybe getting a massage makes you happy or going out for a spa day or dinner with your girlfriends or whatever it is, make a list, make, put as many things as you can on it. And then really focus on being able to take something from that list and put it in your life every single day. Now it might just be that I drove to pick up the kids from school and it took me five minutes and I sung at the top of my lungs for my five minutes or I did a five minute meditation, or I did, you know, I like had dessert today, (laughs) whatever, you know, it could be something very small, but it could also be something bigger. And you might plan for those a little bit, you know, in a different way, but just being able to say every single day, I have something to look forward to every single day. I do something that's for me and makes me happy. And I just love that. So, um, so that's one of my favorite tips that, uh, that I think has really resonated with moms too, going, Oh, I'm going to put, I'm going to do my happiness list and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to make sure I start adding these things in because sometimes you get to the end of the day, you go, what did I do today? What, you know, what did I get done? And then did I do anything that made me kind of even happy? And, and it's hard if you go day after day like that. So, so I think that's a great one. Yeah. And I absolutely love that because I say more often. into this where it's like, we work to make everyone else happy and we take care of all the things for everyone else. And then at the end of the day, it's like, wait a second, I didn't do anything for myself. And then by the time that day, that point of the day comes, it's like, uh, I'm too exhausted. I'm too tired tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I love it. I love, love, love that suggestion. And so you mentioned that you have something coming out in January. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So in January, um, if this is actually, it'll start through the podcast. But the first through the seventh um, of the new year, there is going to be a new guest every day on how to plan your best year ever. And that it's going to be so good. I we've already started the interviews and y'all, they are just on fire. They're amazing. So new guest every day. And then we're going to wrap it up with a really cool workshop that we are going to plan our best year ever. And then I have a new program that's called the super mom system. And, um, and if people are like, oh, this is great. I want to keep doing this. Then they'll have the opportunity to join that if they want to. So it's, um, I'm really excited about it. Like I said, we did a beta group, which was just a small group of women that did it. And it was so good. We had people that started new jobs. We had people that changed jobs. We had people that started counseling, um, like started going to counseling because they started feeling better and they wanted more. And there were people that started coaching and just a lot of changes that people made for the better in their lives. And I just can't wait to see where this next group goes. It sounds amazing. And you guys can't see Lori's face. I can, but when she just talked about her program, her face was beaming. (laughs) So, um, so I have the, I have the pleasure of seeing her beam as she talks about this. I wish I could like transpose your excitement onto an image so everyone could see as we're talking. Um, but it sounds amazing. I'll be tuning in on January 1st or 7th uh, to hear all of these amazing women share how to design your best life for the coming year. Um, because I feel like 2020 was a rough one. Ooh. And then 2021 was still pretty rough. Yeah. Um, because we we're, you know, it was almost like pandemic exhaustion mode. It was like, how much longer is 2022, man, we're ready for something amazing in 2022. 
I know. I feel like we're ready for it. And, and I feel like we now also know how to plan in some pivots, right? We can know how to make a plan, but we also know how to be like, okay, if this, if something goes awry, we know how to pivot now. So I feel like we've, we've got some skills that we've built up over the last 18 months that we could really take this year to a new level. So I'm really excited about it. Yes. Mom's on fire. I love it. So, um, your, all of the ways to connect with you are going to be in the show notes. So awesome. your website, your, um, link to your podcast, your social media. So you're on, um, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If yep. anybody wants to send you a DM on any of the social platforms, is that okay? Absolutely. I love it. I love to hear from, I love to hear from moms. I love to, I love questions. I love, you know, recommendations. I love everything. Okay. Perfect. I probably should have asked you. <laughs> pressure's on you have to say yes now no I'm just kidding um so it has been such a pleasure I could chat with you forever and ever and ever um because I just think like I just adore you so um it's been so so fun thank you so much for taking the time to come on one of a kind you and share your experience with writing your book and talking to the moms that shared their experiences with you. Um, and thank you for continuing that work with your podcast because it is so, 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 so needed. Oh, Kim, thank you. I so appreciate you having me. Yes. Um, so if you're listening and you loved what Lori shared today, cause it was pretty amazing. Definitely follow her on social tune in with her so that you can get in on the January 1st, big launch of her amazing excitement, phenomenal thing that's taking place. And also um, definitely share this episode with a friend. If you feel like you have a friend that would benefit from listening and also too, if you would be so kind to drop a review, because I read the reviews to make sure that one of a kind you is exactly the podcast that you're looking for so that I can continue to offer and give you help and guidance and support that's needed, but also bring on amazing guests like Lori and maybe, um, Lori, you would be willing to come back on again in the future. I would love it. Awesome. Fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time and to tune into one of a kind you, and I hope you'll join us for another episode. See you next week.